today I'm speaking a little bit uh, different from what probably ordinarily you're used to. Uh, I've been teaching for, for several weeks about living the realities of heaven on earth. But this, this morning I have an impression to lead you in a certain direction. You are ready? Yes. You are going to learn some things. Because tomorrow, Monday, 22nd, do you remember anything for 22nd of August? Okay, let me give you several things happened 22nd of August. Pastor Wade Porter was born on 22nd of August, 1942. If he was this other side, he could have been 80 this year. Eight years young. Now, 22nd of August, the president, the first president of Kenya died. You remember that? At least I know my nephew. The first, born grandson, the first grandson of my dad was born on 22nd, August 1988. <laughs> That's amazing. But on 22nd, August 1997, the Lord called me into full-time ministry. So tomorrow is 25 years in full-time ministry. So I'm, I am so grateful. I remember that Friday morning as if it was just yesterday. But amazing, it's been 25 years, and I'm looking forward to, I'm turning, I'm, turning, I'm 40, 25 years in minutes before I turn 50. That's the mass of God. And next year I'm believing God, I'm turning 50, and I'm looking forward to many, many more years in, in worshiping and honoring the Lord. So I'm going to speak some things regarding that, some important things I've learned in the 25 years of ministry that you can learn from. That you can live by. That it's not for private interpretation, but these are principles from the Word of God that you can live by and believe God for longevity. You know, it's one thing to begin, but it's another thing to finish. Jesus is the author and finish of our faith. So he thinks in terms of beginning, not only beginning, but also finishing. So whatever you begin, always make sure you do what? You finish well. So do you know what I'm believing God for? Finishing well. Amen? Finishing well. Strong. Remember I told you some, some weeks ago, I was asking you, if this was your last day on earth, you know, for a few years, I mean a few days time, the rapture either is going to happen or you're going to go to the grave. How different will you live? How different will you live? So then, let's go to Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. I'm reading from the easy to read version. It says this, Greetings from Paul, an apostle. I was chosen to be an apostle, but not by any group or person here on earth. Now, that's what it is. That's the call of God in an individual, individual's life. It's not by any group or person here on earth. I remember that. Uh, my authority came from none other than Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. I was thinking earlier this morning, uh, in my family, before then, before myself, the extended family. I'm talking of extended family. My, my, my dad's father, which is a big family. Kimoris is a big family. And there was no pastor in that whole family. So I didn't come from the lineage of pastors. 
You understand? That was far from my imagination to ever be a pastor. If I was going being asked how many you know, things that I would wanted to do, in the least, I would not have thought about pastoring. None whatsoever. It was not in me at all. So that day when the Lord spoke to me, I remember the first time he spoke to me on 21st June 1996, on a Friday, it was amazing. Because I didn't know preachers. Listen, I couldn't relate to the preachers. I didn't know if I knew preachers. In fact, I thought the ones that I knew as pastors, I knew of. And he was an elderly man in my, my village, honorable, and I got, we became friends. And he died last year, actually, last year or this year? Last year or this year? February, last year. And he was uh, 99 years old. We became friends. I knew of him. I knew him was a good man. But I didn't care uh, about him really. Anything before I gave my life to Christ. But amazing when I gave my life to Christ. The first Sunday. The first place to go to was his church. I remember us, us being. You know. I was baptized. So called quote unquote baptized. In 1974. I was a few months old. Uh, quote unquote baptized. I still have that certificate. It doesn't help me in any way, but that was not baptism. Baptism, that was a sinner, a little boy, sinful boy. Not at non-sin, but I was born a sinner. And then, uh, so, uh, I think I, I came to the age, I think I was 12. Then there was what they called in the places that my, my, my grandfather thought, my grandfather, mother's side, that we ought to, be, to have being, and they have what they call confirmation. And then you go to classes. I recited all those things. I didn't know anything I was saying. I was a little devil inside of me. I was not born again. Nothing. When that hand was laid on me, I remember we had to wear white shirts. Had nothing to do with my heart. My heart was as dark as it could have been. That white shirt meant nothing. In fact, I remember that afternoon after having been confirmed, laid hands on, the bishop, I thought now I'd be licensed to sin. And I'm serious about that. And, and the more I grew, I knew now I could do things uh, openly without being told, being told by mom or dad, you can't do that, you're still a child. I was a sinner. But that day when I gave my life to Christ, I knew I'd given my life to Christ. Therefore, not any group or person here on earth called me, but the authority came from none other than Jesus Christ. And God our Father. Look at Galatians, the same in verse 15. He says this, But God had special plans for me even before I was born. Do you know that's the same case with you and I? Do you know it's the same case with you? God has special plans for you even, had special plans for you even before you were born. So he chose me through his grace. God has chosen us through his grace. He's had plans before you were born. You are not an oops child. You understand? If parents say, you know, we didn't expect to have any child and we thought we had stopped. They thought, they thought wrong because you came. You understand what I mean? You came and you didn't come. You know, I think uh, in the culturally they, they say uh, they didn't care about family planning. They say that every child, every child comes with his plate. With his plate. That's not true though. There are children who come when they miss plates because of the responsibility of the parents. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm, but it's, it's, it's there even in your culture, probably. Um, the culture used to be, because you're supposed to have a culture of the word now. In 1 Timothy 1.12, the Amplified Classic Version, the Lord showed me that this scripture years ago and how blessing it has been. He says this, I give thanks to him, and I do today, who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he has judged and counted me faithful and trustworthy, appointing me to this stewardship of the ministry. It's God who calls and God who enables someone to stand in the office. In the same, the same scripture, the Passion Translation, it says this, My heart spills over with thanksgiving to God. That's my case. My heart spills over with thanks to God for the way he continually empowers me. I'll give you several things regarding that. And to our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, who found me trustworthy. I love that. Who found me trustworthy and who authorized me to be his partner in this ministry. So do you know what? In Living Faith, Victor Faith Church, we say this. God found us faithful to be his partner in this ministry. Amen? That's why Pastor Zwed and Caleb would tell you over the years that they never put their name in the ministry, but it's the minister of the Lord. Amen? So let's learn some things. There's some important things I've learned in the 25 years in ministry. First is the word. The word. The word. The word is the priority, not ministry. The word is the priority, not ministry. Before ministry, you are a believer. And you must prioritize the word. When I did so, the peace of God has kept me no matter what happened. Or no matter what happens, I stay in that peace of God. Why? Because I value the word. Tina is my witness for all the years. Isn't that amazing for the 25 years of ministry? Uh, Tina and I have been married for this past week, actually. On 16th of August was our 19th anniversary. So of those 25 years, 19 years we've been with Tina. It's amazing, huh? So she's part <laughs> of my life. But look at this. You, I'm, I prioritize the word. I don't start any day without the word. And I'm not talking about an obligation of like you want to read some scriptures. So that if we're in a place you asked, uh, did you read the word today? Yeah, I did. No, I value that fellowship. I start with good morning, Father. Good morning, Father. And I hear right inside of me, good morning to you, Davis. How are you? I'm so well, Father. Thank you for giving me this, this, this day. You say in your word, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I praise you, Father, today. I praise you, Father, today. And I go to Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And I start just blessing him. And just start worshiping him. And I sit there and meditate. I sit in my study and I just meditate and just keep quiet for about 30 minutes. Just keep quiet. If there is any dream which I, I sense I need to write it down, I write it down. I like recollection of dreams. I believe God speaks to people in dreams. I not only believe the word of God shows that. 
So pay attention to your dreams. It's not, an, it's not like, oh, that was a bad, bad dream and just think, forget about it. Pay attention to your dreams. Many of you, I know this, God has been speaking to you in your dreams, but you've neglected your dreams. But did people leave after, after you sang Blessing and Honor, Carol? This, <laughs> oh, they're still in the house. Pay attention to your dreams, the things that you dream. They're very important. And if it's a bad dream, take authority over it. Repent of it. You're not supposed to be touched by any demon in your, in your dream. So the word is priority. And before ministry, I say you are a believer and you must prioritize the word. When I did so, the peace of God has kept me no matter what happened. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. I remember in March 1999, I sat down listening to Dr. Jerry Saville and spoke these scriptures. And then later on, I went to another meeting and the man who spoke or spoke, or spoke from this scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15, 1999. And I believe, I remember him saying this, study to show yourself approved unto God. Of course, that's all King James. I like it in the old King James version. And I like reading it in the King Jemeth version and the, that 16th century English or 17th century. Study to show thyself unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And this is what he said. Do you want to come out of shame? Study. Study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that knows to be ashamed. If you want to come out of shame, this is what he said. Study. Study. And he said this in Hosea 4.6. My people, the Bible does not say that my people are perishing because they're increase of devils. He says, no. They, my people are perishing because they lack what? Knowledge. So what do you need to do? You need to have knowledge. Study. 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 That's the same thing as a believer. I was going actually to speak some things about deception. Because I think that any age, any age before us, I think. That's my opinion. Deception has increased in our generation. You don't trust anything you read. You don't trust even the mainstream media. I mean, you've seen that. We've seen even during these elections, what they do. It's amazing. And, and if you're looking for truth from Facebook or YouTube, you won't get any. You understand? You better know that. I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. You better know what to trust. And therefore, the word of God, listen, is the plumb line. is a standard. It will keep you sober. It will keep you sober. I remember when I, when I started teaching the word of God, I'll go to meetings and then uh, I'll start opening the scripture. I, I remember so much I'll go for, uh, I taught uh, quite a bit. There's a, an area called, anyone who knows a place called Kariadudu. You have no idea of Kariadudu. You see, you all grew up where? Lavington and, and all those areas. Anyway, there's a place called Kariadudu. I'll go there every, every Saturday and I will teach the word. And then from there, many times weekly, I'll walk from Babadogo and I'll walk across to go to 
Dandora, phase four. Uh, Dandora, the, there's, a, there's a hall there for the council, city council, and I'll teach. And I remember, so I teach, I taught the word. And then at some time in the week, I'll go to Isli. There's a hall there at the chief's camp. I don't know, I'm told nowadays Isli really changed. I'll go there and teach. I know, I, I went around teaching the word. Then I remember a certain woman t- telling me that all what you do is teach, 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 teach. We want the power. Why? Because it was so common then, you, you just preach, preach a little bit. You take the scripture, you take one scripture and teach it and, and preach. I see God doing this. I see the power of God coming on you. I see the power of God coming, you, uh, coming upon you. And what they do, they shout. And people just be coughing and on and on and on and on. And that's what, that was so common. I realized I wasn't uh, going that direction. But can I tell you something of so many, uh, some individuals I knew personally after that, they fell into the trap of the devil. They didn't continue in ministry. What did they want? Listen this. You cannot be, even as a believer, your life cannot be impactful if you have not prioritized the word. The word must be your priority. Not the feelings, not the emotions. Not all drama. I believe in the power of God. I've seen that. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I've, I've cast out devils. And I cast out devils. I've seen that. I've seen devils manifesting. But I don't, I don't even tell them to. I mean, to allow them to cause any drama. I cast you out. But I know those meetings. I remember those in the 90s. People would jump around and on and on. So when people saw that, you know, just shaking. And shouting, you know, with voices of every kind. That's when he said, that's the power of God in the meeting. No, not so. I saw some going into a ditch. <laughs> I remember a certain, now you may think this is crazy. No, it's not. But I remember a certain brother, just, just power, power, power. Do you know at some point he started calling what is called deliverance ministry. And you know what he started doing? He started going around. To some women, and he says he's causing deli- his deliverance through the mouth, mouth to mouth deliverance. I'm serious. Mouth to mouth deliverance. When the, some of the husbands got to realize this, there's mouth deliverance that has been taking place. I'm telling you, I remember sitting down in those cases. Brother, what happened? Yeah, the Spirit of God spoke to me. No, 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 no. No, listen to this. The spirit will never contradict the word. The spirit of God will never contradict the word of God. Can never be moral. So study. I won't read this one, but Joshua, I'll say Joshua 1.8 is one of the, the foundational scriptures. Joshua is about to inherit, to lead the children of Israel to the inheritance that God had in store for them. And Joshua is told by God, this book of the law, or the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. The word of God, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have what? Good success. Who makes his way prosperous? You are responsible for making your way prosperous. How is that? By meditating on the word of God. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Day and night. 
observe to do what is written on it. In other words, church, you are not only a hearer of the word, you are a doer of the word. That will mark you. That will mark you. You're not only here. I told you last week, the, the difference between uh, believers walking in victory and those who are not walking in victory, one of the major differences is this. Some just hear the word. In fact, it is. The major difference. Some, it's, those who are not walking in victory, they just hear the word, but they never meditate it to personalize it so that they may know what to do with the word and act on it. The entrance comes of the word comes through revelation. And Psalm 119 verse 130 says, the entrance of the word, it gives what? Light. And it brings understanding to the simple. What is that understanding for? Understanding for knowing what to do with the word. In obeying it. So that's very critical. So one of the major things I learned was the word. It's through the word of God that I went to the Bible school. In fact, the Lord spoke to me uh, I asked him, Lord, what do you want me to go to the Bible school? Because I'd had so terrible things about the Bible school, of, of, of uh, not Bible school, of theology. So, uh, because you see, I was fresh from, from the lifestyle that I lived. What I knew was Guinness, Pilsner, Sportsman, Ember Smiled, Ember Kings. That's the way, that's what I knew. If you ask me about bars, if we went to Nakuru, I knew which is the best club. If I went to Mombasa, I knew which is the... So we identified towns with bars and clubs. That's the way we lived. That was my, the culture in my family, especially among men and, and, and the people that uh, I was around with, uh, who were around me. But look at this then. I give my life to Christ and I started hearing about theology. So I was told theology is terrible. If you go to theology, you lose the Holy Ghost. I thought, Lord, I don't want to lose the Holy Ghost. What am I supposed to do? So I come to this church and I start hearing about the Bible school. That was 1999. And I say, Lord, do I need to go to the Bible school? Because a certain brother told me of the Bible school and they were exposed to material of Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, and on and on and on. I wanted a Bible school because of that material. So anyway, so I asked the Lord, I was praying and fasting, and I asked the Lord, Lord, why do you want me to go to the Bible school? He gave me 2 Timothy 2.15. Another scripture he gave to me was Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I want you to get my knowledge that you may not be ignorant of what I've done for you. And then the next question is what about the money to go to the Bible school? It was about, I think it was $1,700. I think it was $1,700. It was in dollars. I lived in a slum. 50 bob, 100, not 50, 100 bob was a breakthrough. Serious, a breakthrough. 200 was a major breakthrough. 500, you've taken me to heaven and back. That's a major breakthrough. I'll do shopping, big shopping. You know, the other shopping I had was an egg. I, I lived in a, in, in a slum that you get even a cooking, I think we had kasuku, the small cooking oil. I think you'll buy it, I think, is it four shilling or something? Just so small. They're, they're about three teaspoons. And you go to the kiosk. You don't see supermarkets. You go to the kiosks. You've never been there. You all which side of town did you come from? <laughs> huh? No wonder. No wonder I tell you stories and you look at me, you thought like you, you lived somewhere in heaven. And I'm the one who was going through all those things. Where do you all 
believe. Hearing and doing. So I heard the Lord. I followed and I went to the Bible school. And God supernaturally paid off my Bible school fees. Secondly, so the first is the one. I can go on and on and on. I can even teach for the next five weeks. Regarding that. But that's not the purpose. The second, uh, the second thing that I've learned, one of the most important things I've learned, is the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Oh my God. Ho, 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 Holy, Holy Spirit of God. What is that? He's leading. He's leading. He's in, the impressions of the Holy Spirit. And obedience to Him. And, and I'm telling you, one of the teachings that I had that revolutionized my thinking was this. Knowing from 1 Thessalonians 5.23, when I realized this, I'm a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body that changed my life. Why? I started learning of how to relate to the Father who's spirit. Jesus, who's actually a spiritual being. Holy Spirit is called Holy Spirit. That revolutionized my thinking. That changed me. That, that changed me from trying to look for God from the emotional realm. If I go into the me, uh, it was so common then. It was so common then in the 90s, those ones who were born then. It was so. So when, when, when a preacher does that, that's what you feel like. And, and the shoulders, are on, they kept aching constant, constantly. And when they did that, you know that the Holy Ghost is moving. Not so. <laughs> not so. And, then, and then, then you were not born then. Then we had a way. We don't say just hallelujah. We, we had a way of saying hallelujah. But a little bit of with style. <laughs> when you hear of hallelujah with oversized blazers, you should know that's a brother. It's a brother. It's a brother. And, and, and it sounded like everyone, everyone, every of those brothers had a host, host sound, host voice, host voice, because he prayed tongues with this. Hakata, hakata, hakata. That's when the Holy Ghost is moving. It's moving now. It's moving. And, and, and when you hear the, oh brother, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, majority, hallelujah. Will you help me with some, some bus fare? They always like bus fare. Bus fare. The word of faith, faith delivered us. Am I the only one? Huh? The word of faith delivered us. I mean, I listened to Dr. Jerry Saville and I thought, my goodness, that man is just walking around and folding his hands and he's just talking and I'm getting everything he's saying. I mean, I felt like I was an empty tongue just receiving everything. Then I came to Victory Faith and I heard Pastor Carla speaking in church, good morning, good morning. I thought, my goodness, and that woman is just talking. <laughs> he's not doing any drama. Shh, 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 I mean, and this woman just talking and I'm, I'm being blessed. And my life is changing. And I kept seeing light. 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 I'm so grateful to God for the word of faith. Hallelujah. I'll forever be grateful. And I'll ever live by faith on God's word. Or in God's word. That's what changes people. 
When I realized I'm a spirit being and I have a soul and live in a body. I remember Pastor Wade, the first time I thought, my goodness, that guy is just talking. Of course I could not understand him. The first services, uh, I could not, uh, he's just walking around and walking around and he's talking and he's talking. He's talking about motorbikes. I had no idea of what he's talking about. And anyway, Montana, Montana, where? You know, the, the, the cab in the mountain. I said, this, what? But I stayed on. Amen. I stayed on. I knew there was something I needed to receive. And sure enough, I kept growing and kept going and kept growing. The Holy Spirit. His leading, his impressions, obedience to him, a constant awareness of him indwelling me as a believer. A constant awareness that the Holy Spirit indwells me as a believer. That changed me. I started, I went to the Bible school, started reading books by E.W. Kenyon, and he says of God inside you minded. That God indwells me. Amen. He's in me. I'm not looking for him outside from outside. He's in me. I started relating with him just knowing that he's in me. He's helping me. He's helping me. He's helping you, church. You need to be conscious of him. He's in you. He's not out there. He's in you. The Holy Spirit of God. In John 14, 16 to 17. John 16, 16, 17 says, And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. Helper, Paracletus. That, 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 that was say, another helper. He's an intercessor. He's our strengthener. He's our helper. What does he do? That he may abide with you forever. How long? He's an abiding spirit in us forever. With us. And then he says this, verse 17. The spirit of truth. Oh, that, that helped me. That helped me. I'm telling you, before I gave my life to Christ, I was a constant, habitual, habitual liar. I lied as a lifestyle. You understand? Until I meet with the pastor next time, I don't know what I told them. I was deceived my, by my own deceptions. You know, you, you speak lies until you believe your own lies. So as a believer, lying should not be part of you whatsoever. You because you have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But look at what, is, what follows next. Say, let's say it together. But you know him. Let's say it like I know him. But I know him for he dwells with me and he is in me. That changed me to realize that. He is in me. And the Bible says I know him. For he dwells in me. So the indwelling presence or person of the Holy Spirit changed my thinking. You're walking downtown and you ask, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He speaks to you. you the constant awareness of him inside of you enables you to perceive things that can no any other way perceive. You can go to a place and because you are conscious of him, he will tell you, this is not the right decision. This is not the right person to hang around with. Lady, you don't have to have five deaths to know 
five coffee dates to know that they are not the, they, they are not the, the real person. You just know inside of you. Zzz, zzz, red light. Zzz, zzz. You just know right inside of you. If you're aware of the presence of God, you just know that. A business partner, same thing. You don't have to have five meetings with a person and say, is this the right person to be in partnership with? You'll know right inside of you. If you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you know it. I came to this church, I came to this meeting, I listened to Dr. Jerusalem first in KICC. I came to this church, I knew I belonged. I just knew inside of me, I belong here. And I'm here. I tell people I didn't even have beard. Now, it's, now the beard is white. It's a long time, that's over 20 years. I was in my 20s. Honey, come over here, come... I told her to share some few minutes of some things that she's learned with those years. Come over here. Come with your, your microphone. So, you know, I've heard people say, you know, Pastor Davis, he kept talking about Tina and Tina, but we never hear her talk. <laughs> really? You never hear her say about the things that you keep saying. And, uh, so for those ones, uh, for that sake, no, I'm just kidding. Honey, go ahead and then I'll continue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good morning once again. Yes, he, this was not something planned over a long time. In fact, he told me last night at around eight <laughs> in the night. And I told him, because it's, you know, the anniversary is 22nd, why don't we celebrate it the other Sunday, you know, to give us time, at least to give me time. And then, uh, of course, I prepared myself. Then later I told him, how many minutes are you giving me? He told me 10. <laughs> then I thought, um, you're telling a woman to prepare something for 19, 21 years, <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, uh, I thank God for all those years uh, with Pastor Davis. And uh, as I was reflecting, one thing I learned early, that life is spiritual. Um, because uh, in God's word translation, John 6, 63, and I hadn't prepared the media team, so I read, and if you've been here a while, you remember many Wednesdays where we learned this. And it says, life is spiritual. Your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. The words that I have spoken to you are spiritual. They are life. And in another version, TPT, it says, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. The words I speak to you are spirit and life, but there are still some of you who won't believe. And therefore, I learned even from our meeting that it was not going to be any other way but spiritual. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the time we met in the bus. 
the first visit he made, um, the meeting at uh, that restaurant, uh, Masters, that I was not impressed at all. <laughs> I thought, you, you're telling me you want me to be your wife, and you're telling me this in Masters, Tomboya Street, of all the places, at least you should have crossed the road to Moy Avenue somewhere, you know. But it was a scannel and I learned early, life is spiritual. And therefore, I have made a conscious decision that only in the Lord do I live and move and have my being. And it has brought so much peace. Um, I was also thinking of something recently um, where he, when we met and we would go for the dates and it, we would, you know, he would speak the word out of the abundance, the word. And I thought, my God, wouldn't we speak anything else? <laughs> You know, I mean, it was the word. And when I brought that, he brought the word. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 7 to 9. And he said, and that scripture, and I remember he read it. He used to have a little Bible that he carried. And he read, and it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently. To your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your houses, <laughs> when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your houses and your gates. I rested my case. <laughs> So, it has been that way. Life is spiritual. And not to say that we don't have moments where we speak. We, we share uh, many other common interests and we have spoken about them. But consciously aware that we are spirit beings. Amen. And therefore, we don't compartmentalize our lives. You don't have... Uh, a courting, you know, life that is aside from the word. You don't have a mingling with family that is aside from the word. Life is spiritual. You're a spirit being. You live in a body and you possess a soul. The other thing that I've learned is love is an action word. We demonstrate our salvation through loving others. I cannot tell you how many times I have heard Pastor Davis quote 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 in the amplified version. And because uh, God is love, as he is, so are we. We are born of love, so we are love. And he would say, you know, I endure long and am patient and kind. I never, I am never envious, no boil over with jealousy. And he would go over and over daily with this scripture. And I've seen fruit 
that has come out of just that confession that I have seen. Um, it never envious, boil over with jealousy, and you know, and therefore, I, I think it is something that we can uh, draw upon. And you'd say, I bear up under anything and everything that comes. And right now, I'm remembering a time, you know, the Budalangi days where we trips. And this particular time, we were going with uh, the pastors. It was the first time to travel with them. I was so tense, uptight. And, you know, before then, he had spent a lot of time you know, looking for the vehicle and all that, hiring. And now we are at the residence. We are all packed up, ready. And Pastor Wade was not amused about that vehicle that was hired. And uh, he did not hide what he felt about the car. Oh, my goodness. I thought, Lord Jesus, <laughs> you know, and I told myself, I don't know whether I want to go to ministry right now. You know, <laughs> if this is, he's going through this in my carnal thinking. And then I also go through the same. Now, who hears who in the house, you know? But again, I, I would see him bear up under all things and endure all things, you know? And you look at the bigger picture. You know, was Pastor Wade right? Yes, probably that model. You know, over time we learned it had, uh, the model of the vehicle had brought quite problems to them a while back and it wasn't his preference. And therefore, we endure, we bear up and we never fail. Amen. Fade out or become obsolete or come to an end. And that is our call. We walk the love walk. And he would confess this. And even uh, I've seen this love walk not within the spheres of church. When we travel up country, uh, mingling with the uh, villagers, extended family, he has maintained the love walk. And even when, you know, he extended love and dishonor was uh, brought forth, he was consistent in the love walk. That, another thing I've learned is that that money is a servant. When it is needed, it comes. You don't say, I will buy, you know, I am saving to get, you see. Um, if the Lord says, that is the way, then that is the way. But unless you have had God, he is our Jehovah Jireh. He meets all our needs according to his riches in glory. I remember one time we were saving, you know, we'd been told by a couple friend of ours how they save each day, I think a certain amount. I don't remember whether it was 20 bob or an amount, a small amount daily. And we bought a piggy bank and started putting those coins, waiting for December so that we can go for holidays. Somewhere in October, um, there was, um, it was December. 
Yes, so we were looking forward. You know, I was looking forward to opening this uh, box and get our money. I had ideas on where we wanted to go. But the Lord spoke about a seed we were to sow. Um, it was in his heart. I had it and there was no escaping from it. The money was sown into the ministry for work. Less than a week's time, we got double the amount and we still went. So uh, money is a servant. We don't work for it. You know, we serve the Lord. We give. So giving as a lifestyle. Up to now, I even when I know finances have come, I am not in a hurry to calculate. There's one time I even went and shopped for new sofa sets because I knew a certain amount had come, you know? And I looked, we needed the sofa sets, you know? But again, the Lord spoke. We sowed it. <laughs> I mean, um, yes. So, you love and embrace family. Did he do something? <laughs> that you love and embrace family. You be a blessing and walk in love. Consistency in the walking in love. Uh, consistently walking in love has earned him respect. Even in the, uh, within the immediate family, extended. You know, there's some old mamas, aunts, and grands who literally, you know, bask in this because he has chosen to honor them. And that has minimized strife in the family. We, we don't have those, you know. We, consist, we are not taking this one's side because they thought this way. You're not listening to this one and therefore taking side. But that we have purposed. We love, we embrace family, and we model our lives to them. Uh, if for no other reason that they may come to the knowledge of Christ our Savior. So that I have also learned. And consciously reaching out. He calls, I don't know how many times, you know, within his side of family, they, they talk each, you know, and he purposes. He can sit at a point, call the brothers, call the sisters, you know, catch up with a few nieces here and there. And it, it is a conscious, you love and embrace family. Amen. So when you're born again, even when their thinking is not uh, the word way, their family, you love and embrace them. And I would say, um, in marriage, communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, uh, one time, earlier in our marriage, and I think I've shared this or in another forum, I would say, oh, you know, honey, this and that. And, and he would tell me, stop complaining, communicate. <laughs> so I don't know whether it was my tone Award, but I'd be told, stop complaining, communicate. And, and also, be quick to ask for forgiveness. I've also shared one time when um, either he did something or I did something, we didn't agree, and I had purposed, I will sleep 
I will not talk uh, until I process my own way. <laughs> uh, we never got to 10 p.m. He switched on the lights, sat up, and said, there is no sleeping that is happening here until we resolve this. And I thought, now <laughs> uh, we better just deal with this. So I have learned to take responsibility, to check my attitude against the word, however much I feel aggrieved. I have learned to mature emotionally. And I think it is a good thing. You mature emotionally. You constantly go to the word of God. What does the word of God say? It's not about, am I wrong? Am I not wrong? Fast. It is your relationship with the Lord. So you have to check that with the Lord. And then in that aspect, the Lord can tell you what are these other steps that you need to, to do. And therefore... Um, because we have purpose to grow in our marriage in the word, uh, we are, and I would say also that he, and a few times have been involved counseling many couples, uh, individuals who had challenges in marriage, and he has been humble enough to also sit and take counseling when that time comes. So we have purposed. If we are aware of a marriage seminar, workshop, um, any word on marriage, we avail ourselves to grow our marriage. Yeah. We, we avail ourselves. He's not saying I'm pastor and now uh, what would anyone tell me that I, I don't know. Literally sit and listen and take counsel and act it out. And therefore, and it's for the same reason because he said I cannot be defeated in my home and then stand in the pulpit and tell the people what. You see? And therefore... Um, we have consciously endeavored to walk the walk in the house so that we are not uh, putting on plastic smiles when we come uh, out here. <laughs> Even, um, and I say finish. Uh, we've, I've learned importance of order. Pastor Davis walks in the house and says, order, order, order. <laughs> You know, even if you open the cabinet, take the tea bags, as you turn to take the cup, he's already put the tea bag in the box up, you know. So, order, order, order <laughs> in the house. He has an impeccable taste for good things. And I learned it is okay to like good things. Yeah, he's very neat and organized. I told... Uh, I have an older brother, he married way early when I was in school, and I would observe my sister-in-law wash my brother's shirts, you know, and he's a field person. My goodness, he sweats. <laughs> His collars were so dirty, and I would think, Jesus, I'm going to get married and do this, <laughs> you know? I said, Lord, help me, help me. I don't know how many shirts, but it is so 
easy to wash Pastor Davis's shirts. They're so clean. You you'd almost hang them and you would wear them again. And they, <laughs> yes, so very neat, organized, keeps time, you know. And uh, even when we pack to go up country, I would imagine he's packing like he has three toddlers he's packing for. And he would start so early. If we were to travel on Saturday, his packing starts on Wednesday. He's already pulling things out. You know, this is what I'm taking. Well folded. In, you know, if it's vests, shirts, uh, the polos, the trousers, the belts, well rolled, you know. Shoes, each shoe in its car pack, a box. Uh, the leather shoes have shoe horns. I never heard about the shoe tree. And he has to wear his shoes with a shoe horn. You know, the way you wear and um, you just step and somehow. No. <laughs> he has a shoe horn. He has to put it so that you don't mess this side of the shoe. So, there, I must confess, church, I am still learning. <laughs> And finally, and I put this last intentionally because I think it is because of this that all the others have been possible. The anointing is costly. You have to pay the price for it. You have to invest in the word. So earlier in our marriage, I remember we'd have the Bible, a CD of the Bible, playing throughout the night. So we had a season of that. Then I don't know how many messages we listened on uh, Kenneth Copeland ministry, Brother Hagin, Brother Jerry, a certain brother who is in heaven right now called Charles Capps, Keith Moore. I mean, they went on and on in the house. Uh, Books, he has invested in many books. I remember uh, there's a gentleman, E.W. Kenon. He went and bought all, this guy died when? 1940 something or 47. And because of uh, that aspect of the spirit man, you know, and he bought all the books, all the books that he could lay hands on of brother Kenneth Hagin. No, reading of scriptures, meditating. There are times I stumble and I didn't know when he woke up. Three, most of the time, you know. And constantly praying in tongues, cultivating sensitivity, impressions, and acting upon them. Uh, writing the dreams. He would wake up and he's impressed and he says, um, we need to call mama. How is mama doing? You know, and that is my mother. Say, how is mama doing? We need to call mama or do this and that. And therefore, the anointing is costly. There is no shortcut. We have to pay the price for it. And also, uh, in all that, walk in honor and integrity. You know, I have seen him endeavor to walk in honor and integrity. So he doesn't have a face for the public and a face for, you know, uh, outside there. And therefore, I would say like Enoch, he walks in habitual fellowship with the Lord. And um, I'm glad 
to be his wife. I'm thankful to God. It is a privilege. Amen. And uh, I would say on your behalf as a body, we are thankful to God for those many years that he has walked in the Lord. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, it's amazing that you keep learning and keep learning. And how much you've learned from Pastor Zweda and Carla? That's amazing. In fact, like what she's saying, order, order, order. On a, I went to the house, you know, to the pastor's house and saw even his socks and everything. The way I said, that's my brother. Just thinks like me. And really, we, we, just, uh, we just connected. And think about it, uh, to think about it, if I hadn't learned that, that much, you know, learning from them, learning from the Lord, definitely, and went to live with Pastor Pastor Carl in the same house. Hmm? It's running up, you know, Pastor, maybe like, if I didn't do that, Tina knocking the door of Pastor Carl at 2 a.m. at night, and I'm behind, following her. Just think about that. I mean, God prepares our hearts if we allow him to. That's so good. Thank you. And it reminded me of so many, so many things, actually. But, but then, um, what she said, yes, it was actually in 2005. She knows I'm, God has blessed me with good memory about dates. It was 2005, and I think it was 5th of December, that we are coming here. We passed away. Pastor just laid the foundation of this, the tent we had here. And we are moving to Garden Estate, to our own property, that was 2005. I think it was 5th of December. And Pastor, Pastors, uh, J, Pastor J.B. Whitfield and his wife Suzanne had come. And we needed a seed to sow towards the foundation and the building of the, of, of, of the sanctuary. It was actually a tent. And then I asked the Lord, Lord, what are we going to give? He said, uh, the money that you've been saving. And on it, you know, for me, it's not just the little, keep putting, you know, you know that you keep put like a thousand shilling note in there because you cannot remove it until December. So I kept putting in money in there. And they said, the money that you have been saving, I, I said, talk to Tina about it. Because I knew the heart was there. You understand? Her heart was in there. <laughs> I just kidding. But, but really, it was, it was something. And then I said, talk to Tina. Then I came back, I think two, maybe maximum three days, I came back to the house, and I asked her, and then she told me, do you know what the Lord said to me? What? About the money that you've been saving. What about it? That's our seed to sow towards the church for the building up of the sanctuary. I said, good. He spoke to me about two or three days ago, and I told him to talk to you. She was so excited to have heard the Lord concerning that money, and we sold it. We sold it on a Tuesday, I mean on a Sunday, and I think it was on Thursday, I was given double the amount of what we had sold. Double. Another, that's a principle that I wanted to say that we have learned over the years is, is money, dealing with money. You cannot prioritize money in life or ministry. You cannot. You cannot prioritize money in life or ministry. 
If you are doing things, uh, things for financial gain, you will be one of the miserable believers or ministers of the gospel. Or ministers of the gospel. I've gone to places, I, I remember even traveling, going to places to, I've, I've preached in pastors, you know, uh, and pastors' ministries and small churches. And then, you know, they are offering, but I didn't go there for, for offering. I will give them, I will sow by faith into them. Much, what they've given as an offering is almost nothing. I remember given, being given coins, and people have given with all their hearts, given coins as an offering. But you can't minister to people because of money, because of what they are going to give to you. You have to minister to people because it's your call. Bless people. I remember this ministry paid for, for my going to uh, Burundi. I mean, it's in the church, in a church there. And I, I ministered, I think, Friday, Saturday. I think I started Thursday night, I'm not sure. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On Saturday night, I told the pastor, Pastor, I could tell the condition of the people, they were poor. Pastor, I want you to receive an offering for me. This is the reason for the people to be blessed. They need that. It's all, oh, 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 uh, 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 Pastor, that's exactly what I was, I was going to do. I said, I was telling you, because I don't want to, I paid for the air ticket, for the hotel, paid even for the meeting. So people need to give so that they can be blessed. I think I got about 2,500 Kenya shillings from them. How much is the air ticket? How much is the hotel? You see, you never do anything for financial gain. You do ministry as unto the Lord to minister to his people. I've seen that over and over again. I'm telling you, even your workplace, put God, give him the priority. I'm going to give, him, give you a scripture in a, in a short while. Make sowing to people your priority, not what you will receive from them. Make sowing to people your priority, not what you'll receive from them. First Timothy 6.10, very familiar scripture, but I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. Loving money is the first step toward all kinds of trouble. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Craving more money pushes them away from the faith into error. Compounding what? Compounding what? Say it, compounding out misery in their lives. Miseries, miseries come as a result of loving money. Unfortunately, many do this. Listen to this, this is very important. Don't alert this. All enough and God has helped me. Don't do things because you, you, you have money, but because God has told you. Don't do things because you have money or the money, but because God has told you. Do you know what that eradicates? Idolatry. Because money has a voice. In fact, he says this, do, you, do, do, you cannot love God and mammon, which is the word for wealth. Don't do things because you have the money. Do things because God has told you. What does that mean? You will then depend on God than your money. And what does that mean? If the money is not there, you know who you lean on. 
Who do you lean on? God, all sufficient one. That has helped me tremendously. That's very, very important. Do you get that? Let me give you another one. We should have been the third. The first, the, I spoke this, which was my fourth point, but I spoke this because Miss Tina just went ahead and, and spoke about money. We learned, we've learned over the years and we keep learning. And, and look at this then. The, the first one I told you what? The word, the second one? The Holy Spirit. The third one is, I wanted to give you is prayer. I think she said it, gotta be prayer. Without a life of prayer, no matter how much you are gifted, you cannot make it in life or ministry. Or in life or ministry. However much you are gifted. Without a life of prayer, no matter how much you are gifted, you cannot make it in life or ministry. Many gifted people think they can figure out things in life or ministry. Many gifted people think they can figure out things in, in, in life or ministry. And, and therefore, the thing that I learned early is praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues and believing God for insight. Tina and I have literally left. Uh, you remember that, that, that year, honey, I think that was 2018. We left our mama's place and we are going to Mombasa. Uh, about what? About 150 kilometers away. And we began, immediately got into the vehicle. We started praying in tongues. We've done that so many times. I remember my, our grandchild will, will, will just sit back and say, you're praying in tongues. I say, yeah, I am. <laughs> you need to join me. No, I'm tired. I remember telling me that I'm tired. I say, then go to sleep. I'm praying in tongues. That's important to me. We prayed until we had such a breakthrough we could tell that in the spirit. We go to a place near Mariakani, going to Mombasa. And a knowing came up, came in my heart. I needed to come out of the vehicle and check out the vehicle with no even knowing that there was any problem. I came out, and when I came out of that vehicle, just before, I think it was, I'm forgetting, Magnan Road was where? In, near Mariakani, though. Then, immediately I came out. When I came out, I saw the tire was just about to burst at a big bubble. Just on time. And where was it? Just near the petrol station. So we came out, went to the petrol station. Ordinary couldn't have stopped. And it was fixed. And we continued. I thought, if it could have happened in a bad place. And it was a front tire, actually. And you know, when you go those roads, you're 80. I, I do 80 to 100. You understand? I know those crazy things of 140. You all know yourself, but that's, that's upon you. I don't do those things. I do 80 to 100, uh, but I get to, I reach where I'm going. So, so prayer, 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 prayer. Another time to pray is when people are sleeping. That's very important, when people are sleeping. When people are asleep, still asleep, come out of bed. The discipline about prayer will change your life. Not periodically. Periodic praying is as a lifestyle. And that praying in tongues, I cannot emphasize enough what that has done. And I tell people, every place I go, if I find a believer that is born, a, a believer in Christ, and they never prayed in tongues, I usually know it's 100% resource. They will speak in tongues. Why? The word of God. 
has made it available, the Holy Spirit, for us to experience a life of prayer. 1 Corinthians 1.27, listen to this, the Passion Translation. But God chose, why I'm saying this, many gifted people think they can figure out things in, in life and ministry. But listen to this, but God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny or weak and powerless to show the high, to shame the high and mighty. The foolish things that the world thinks is foolish. That's what the power of God that's when the power of God comes in if we trust on what God has made available to us. They consider the world considers foolish to pray and get into prayer and take hours of prayer and all that. They, they think that's foolish. But for us, you know, it's the power of God. For the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in his work. That's what it does. And, and then the, the next one I wanted to say is this. I think that's my last point. No, no, I have another one. I have another one. You who have been saying that it has been called, let me not hear you say it's hot. <laughs> Don't say that. Some of us enjoy cold season, but you've been talking it away. It's cold. It's cold. No, don't say now it's hot. You brought this heat into existence. But let me say this. Uh, another big listen to this church that I learned, and I'll, I'll, I, I will live by it for the rest of my life until I die, is the law of placement and purpose. The law of placement and purpose. Where God places you, your purpose is revealed. Many people are in the wrong places, or in, are in wrong places. Therefore, they never fulfill God-given purpose. Very important, church, to know your place. Very important. What does that mean? I, 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 I wish I'd go through the scriptures regarding that. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, I'm not going to read it. But it says this, And the Lord placed the sun or the lights on the firmament to give light to the earth. You understand? So in other words, God will... Let me read some scriptures so that can make a point. I've said it over the years, but I know it's not everyone that I've heard, and those who thought they've heard, let's hear it. Look at verse, let me look at a few scriptures here. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And verse 4, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, so the evening and the morning were the first day. Then look at verse 6. Then God said, said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. That is what? Placement. Okay? Okay? I want, really want you to see it. Very important. That is placement. And what, does this, what follows next is this. And let it divide 
the waters from the waters purpose. Are you seeing that? C- come on, I mean, I don't want you to look at me as if I'm talking in Latin. And then you go, yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to do that. I really want you to understand what I'm saying. Look at this. Then God said, let there be a firmament. A firmament has been placed in the midst of the waters. That's a position. That's a place. Placement. And let it divide. Placement, purpose. Whatever God does has a purpose. He places a man or a woman for a specific purpose. If you're not at your place, you won't fulfill God-given purpose. I was walking down there, but I'm finished. Look at this. Let me go to another one. So he talks about the purpose, and then uh, we go another one. Now look at verse 14. So firmament has been already placed, okay? Look at verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights where? In the firmament of the heavens. And this is the part for the, the, this is the reason for the lights. To divide day from night. Placement, purpose. Placement, purpose. You find your place, you find your purpose. Your purpose is revealed right there in the place that God has put you. I'll give you another one. By two or three witnesses shall a matter be established. Let me give you another one. Look at verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Okay? Let them... Let them let let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. But I want you to show you something here. Bef- before then, oh, you remember? Okay, let me let me put let me say it so that I don't go. I didn't intend to read all the scriptures, but when I said purpose, um, placement of purpose, I saw some of you the way you are looking at me, and you know I'm your pastor. I know those looks of. What is it, mom? What did you say, mom? You've ever seen your children looking at you, mom? We didn't understand what you said. Uh, so let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion of the fish of the sea, da, 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 da. So God created man in his own image and likeness, and he created them male and female. He created them. Where did he place after that? In the garden to do what? To tend and keep it. Placement, purpose. Okay? Did you get it? Uh, Only the front row? Did you get it? Okay, now look at this then. Let's go to Psalm 92, 12, 13. Psalm 92, 12, 13. (coughs) The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a seed in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Why is that so? Planted. You see that? Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. So when I learned about first 
I knew I was supposed to be in this church. I came in. What? I knew I was planted. When I came in then, I served as an usher, I served as, you know, book on table, and, but I did. I've served in different, different departments, except choir and children's church. But, but I have over, over the years. And when I, when I got in and I knew that's the pub, that this is the place I was supposed to, to be, and the amazing thing is this. Some of the things that I learned, and I've learned, and I also did, and I talk about it so much, is submission to godly leaders. Submission to godly leaders. When I knew this is the place, I chose that. I submit to godly leaders. And then another thing is this. I guard my heart. I'm telling you the truth. Jin and I will never sit down over the years start talking about pastors who didn't come. You know these pastors. <laughs> In fact, that day when she was talking about that vehicle, was it a good vehicle? It was a good vehicle. Very good vehicle. Nice vehicle. But it was, it was good to me, not to him. It was new, actually. So was he wrong? He wasn't. He was right. I mean, I'm telling you, skinned me in the morning before 6.30. Skinned me alive. And we went together for days. <laughs> for days. Spend the same hotel. I remember Imperial Hotel in Kisumu. For days. We, we were together. And we stayed together. And I, I remember sometimes you call me. And I remember one, one time he skinned me. Oh my goodness, that was sure. I, I felt, God, do I have demons all over me? <laughs> Seriously, I felt that way. And I, and, I, and I say, Lord, I remember that time. I remember, actually it was December, same December 2005. And Pastor, Pastor Wade and I, you know, our personalities were like East and West. You know, really, we were. And, 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 and learned so many things that I'm so glad you are more of a father to me. But he skinned me alive, I'm telling you. I felt like I had demons all over. Do I need to get born again again? And then I went, I remember saying, Lord, I know the heart is deceitful above all things. Is my heart that much deceived, Lord? Please forgive me. Forgive me. And I stopped right there. I'm telling you, it was bad. And then, uh, so, he traveled, and he came back a few days late. <laughs> and he was coming from, he traveled, went to Mount Kenya. Uh, what do you call that hotel in the Mount Kenya? Over there. Anyway, and they were coming back from Mount Kenya to Nairobi, the old Dika Road. And I was driving a Prado. And Pastor Gwed will drive fast. I'm telling you, Pastor Carla will be, oh, is Davis driving? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, that's what you feel like. Hallelujah. Is Davis driving? And the pastor is like, is, is my driving that bad? I say, we'll be more on the roof than we are on the seat. Because <laughs> the road was bad. I mean, the roads were bad. They're much better. Our roads are much better. Anyway, but then he was actually given a ticket. Fine, he was over 120 something. And then he was given a ticket. And then, so I took him to Vika, to the court. So he drove. 
were driving to the camp. And he <laughs> just put in the cells and he came out and he pleaded guilty. And they say, fine, and we paid 2000 I think 2000 yeah. Waited for that 2000 deposit. You know that one over there? 2000 2005 for, for them to refund, they, you see the bond, it's a bond. They never refunded it. We ended up leaving it. You understand that? They never. I mean, they took us round and round. They didn't want to refund it, but we paid. Anyway, and look at this. You've been fined 2000 You have to pay 2000 not the one in the, the, which is the bond. That is so amazing. Anyway, we paid it. Then when you are coming back, I'm driving. Then I had, uh, Davis? Yes, sir. Uh, I ask you to forgive me, my son, for the way I spoke to you that day when you are leaving. I'm thinking, God, will I even look at him? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You feel like God is asking you for forgiveness. You understand? Uh, uh, Davis, I was wrong. I never think of you that way, the way I spoke. I was just frustrated. I say, thank you, Pastor, I forgive you. And then we went on. I'd asked God to forgive me. I said, I don't want to cause hurt and harm to my pastor. Forgive me for those things that are in my heart. Listen to this. He ended up the one asking for forgiveness. Do you know what? Many, many, many things that I've had to learn. You serve godly, godly leaders. Your guard, you guard your heart against offense. Rebellion. I've seen rebels over the years. You never associate with rebels. Rebels don't last in anything. I don't care what they think they're right. When they think they're right, they don't last. God does not bless rebels. Serve your leader selflessly. And then I, have, I, I had a question in your heart. What about me? What about me? What about me? You've heard of Joyce Meyer saying that. What about me? 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 Listen this. Let me I, I give you the answer. Put the me on the cross. He needs to be crucified. Ha ha ha. Listen to this. There are rewards of serving selflessly. Let's go to Colossians 3.22 and I'm going to help you. I'm winding up, okay? Will you bear with me for some few minutes? All right. Tolerate me. Did you say that? Oh, okay. Okay. You're with me. Flowing with me for the next, th- not bear with me, flow with me for the next few minutes? Okay, wait then. Uh, we won't do it again. I mean, it's 25 years they are past. Wait for 30 years or wait for 50, wait for 60. Huh? I mean, you're not going to do it again 25 years. 25 years will have passed. Do you know the, the, how to grow old? Sleep and wake up. It's a revelation. That's the way to grow old. Sleep and wake up. You'll grow old. Okay. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this and take it to the office tomorrow. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of the employer. Not just when their employers are watching and not in pretense, but faithful in, in how many things? All things. For we are to live our lives with the pure hearts from offense, free from offense. In the constant awe and wonder of our Lord God. Look at this, verse 23. 
Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Every activity you do. As though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. I'm talking about serving godly leadership. You're doing it as, as, as you're serving the Lord. What did, go back, please. Put your heart, okay, yeah, you're right. Put your heart, put your heart and soul into every, every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. If you do from, for Pastor Davis, you look for Pastor Davis' reward. And you know what? I may, need to, I may not even recognize what you're doing. Not like, in, you know, intentionally doing so, but I'm a human being. You see what I'm saying? But if you do it to the Lord, he knows the count. The things you do in secret, in prayer, praying for the pastors, praying for the leaders of this church, praying for this ministry, the things that you do in secret, God will reward you openly. You see, the thing about, if you do it for a man, you will not, you, you, you'll be disappointed. But then he says, look at this. He says this. For we know that we will receive a reward from the employer. No, we receive a reward, an inheritance from who? The Lord, as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one, go to work with the same mentality, serve to church with the same mentality, you will see the rewards of the Lord God, Yahweh. You'll never outdo him. And you've seen rewards in so many ways. Tina and I, oh my goodness. I saw, I saw, Pastor, uh, I had fast with Pastor J.B. Whitfield coming here and we are we eating, we are having lunch and, and he said this, uh, Pastor Davis, I really honor you because of the way you've treated Pastor Carl. So my honor was based on my service. We sat down with Dr. Jerry Saville, we were having lunch. And, 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 and he looked at me and said, Davis, you are my man. I honor you for the way we've taken care of Pastor, good care of Pastor Carl. I thought, okay, Lord. It seems like my, my, my honor is based on serving others. Church, this ministry has not taken advantage of you. Over you. Is it over you of you? Or anything to take away from you. No. We love you and we serve you. Jesus said this. The son of man did not come to be served. He came to do what? To serve. Though a pastor, a pastor is a servant. Still, to serve God's people. Amen. So don't think, and one thing I also learned in the ministry, don't think about yourself or your needs. There is the eternal one who knows how to take care of my needs. And he's done that over the years. Tina and I can testify over and over again of, of uh, the blessing of God, God helping us. You know, I tell people, uh, I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for wealth. I'm not looking for, for, for houses. I'm not looking for earthly wealth. Those come as a reward, of save, as, as, a, as an added advantage. Say, seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added to you. So I'm not looking for that. 
You know, I'm not looking to, for, for having, you know, to have five personal vehicles or ten personal vehicles. You ever met with anyone down the streets, they're driving five vehicles? Huh? Or sleeping in five houses at the same time. One in Nyali, Mombasa, one is in Vipingo, another one they are sleeping, they are sleeping in, in Lovington, the other one they are sleeping. Have you ever seen them? Their head, their hands, sleeping different. I mean, I, I, I don't care about that, really. The Lord blesses me, that's fine. But you know, my, my sole purpose is this, I want to serve you. Am I a poor thinking preacher? No, I'm not. I'm prosperous in my thinking. The kingdom comes first. Amen? You know, if you bought a, a, a bed six by six, that's fine. Fill your house with it. But have you, remember, have you, have you known that? The bigger the bed, the colder it is. You must have gone through some things during this cold season. Because you turn this other side and the sheets are cold. This other side, you, can, you turn this other side. Tina and I were invited, uh, Ali Sombua invited us to go to uh, that school in Rift Valley, in Molo, yeah, Tourist Springs. And then they had two beds, you know, the, the, was it three or three by fours? I mean, that, those beds were small. And it was cold. And so there's twin beds, you know, in that room. So I told Tina, why don't you sleep on one bed? We'll get warmer that way. I'm telling you, you feel like you're falling. <laughs> but at least you're home. <laughs> really, that's how I felt like I'm falling. It was cold that night. And we decided to sleep on our bed. Take the beddings from this other bed. <laughs> Let us cover ourselves with, with this other bed. And I mean, I felt like, Tina said, I don't know if I slept. You kept on pushing me. You pushed me. Who pushes a nap? You understand? Know, if you are two of you in bed, you are pushing each other. Not, not you pushing me, you know. Anyway. All right, let's finish this. <laughs> the last one I'll tell you is my relationship with the opposite sex. Learn from that. Look, 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 2, the Amplified Version. Relationship with the opposite sex. Do not, do not sharply reprimand an older man. He says this. But appeal to him as you would to a father, to younger men as brothers. That's very important. To younger men as brothers, to older men as mothers. And it's amazing over the years I've had mothers. I've had more mothers support me. Oh my goodness. I remember years ago I was, I was so cold. I was living, I was living in the and I would sleep on the floor. Actually, literally, at the small rug, you know, you know the ones that they change from the office? You know, the wall-to-wall carpet, and then they change. And then, you know, they change some area of stone, so you have to cut to remain with a small, smaller place. I remember it was blue in color, this midnight blue, kind of. And, and uh, I'll sleep there, and I'll cover myself, oh, my goodness, with a light blanket. I was so cold. I remember the, the mama. She's called Mama Wanja. She came with a big duvet. She told me, they call me Devi. I told you, those, those Kikuyu mamas will call me Davidi, Davidi, Davidi. I mean, most of the time. Davidi or Davis. I don't know why. Those Kikuyu mamas will call me Davis, Davidi, Davidi. I don't know. I, I don't know. They don't know Davis. <laughs> but he's in a Davis. 
I remember Mama Wange, she has known me for over, for over what? For over, for oh, close to 30 years. She's called Mama Wange. When I pick up my call, I say, hey, Davidi, Davidi, Davidi. I say, Mama Wange, what do you know that I'm Davis? You know, anyway, that aside. But Mama Wange, Mama, Mama Wange brought me a big duvet. I remember the maroon kind of color that, and, and brought it to me. During the cold season, I said, God, help me. It was so big, I wrapped myself in it and I felt warm. Can you think about this? An empty stomach during the cold season, sleeping on the floor. Like they say, utajua <laughs> hujui. Really? Oh, man, you haven't experienced that. I asked Tina, have you ever slept hungry? No. No, she never did. I did. I never slept hungry in my mother's house, my parents' house. I slept hungry when I was called into the ministry. But I learned a lot of lessons. It's not like God was making me hungry. No. But I learned a lot of lessons from that. Listen to this then. You, 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 you treat older women as mothers. That was my point. And the younger women as sisters. In other words, you always respect young ladies. And in all purity, that's very important. I remember we used to go to pray and we'll go for outreaches. And we end up at late at night, we're returning. I remember there's a certain sister, the Lord used to, to, to stay in Landimawe. She works, she worked, oh yeah, she didn't work actually for Kenya Railways, but she had a, a, a small house in Landimawe. It's late at night. So we all brothers go, and the sisters. And we all like brothers and sisters. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. You understand? But that's what we did. But we, we, we respected each other. And you know what? Brothers will sleep in the sitting room. Sisters in the bedroom. But it was all the time in all purity. There was no sexual immorality named among us. We live that way. And many years later I meet with them. And we are just like sisters and brothers. Uh, like a sister and a brother over the years. That's critical. That's critical. I say that's critical for you as a believer. You dwell, you, you deal with all men and all women with all purity. Being careful to maintain, listen this, listen this word, which this generation does not want to hear mostly. To maintain appropriate relationships. So are you, who are you talking to? Oh, 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 it was my friend. But you have password. Someone who was telling me that, oh my goodness, that man has, that's a husband, has passwords. Is it passwords? What do you call them? In everything. You can't, if you crack WhatsApp, you, crack, you cannot crack this on. You cannot, I mean, just different. I think, what's that for? What's that for? That's a life of darkness. If you live right, you are like an open book. You're transparent. That's critical, not just for me as a minister, it's critical for you. Amen? I saw you don't, you don't see me. I mean, I'm a married man. Don't see me just driving. Oh, I saw pastor driving at night. From where? I was at cafe with a certain woman, and that was not Tina. But, but the amazing thing is this. You can easily say about pastor, but what about you as a married man? As a married woman? You're looking at me as if you left. 
You, you can say that to pastor, about pastor. Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw the elder. And that was not Mary. But you should have the same also to yourself. Can I tell you something very important? Husbands, wives, don't meet your married man or woman. Don't meet with people who are not your spouse, or without your spouse. And you are there at night. And sometimes, you know, with that, that, those things, you see the wife and the husband, they are going to work. It's not like they are praying. They are facing in front. They are not talking. But now when you see them, now in those cafes, with someone who's not the wife, you see, that's deception. Okay. I'm winding up now. I'll turn it over to you, Ella Francis, in a moment. But let me say this. The amazing thing is this. Almost every place, is it an hotel or whatever it is out of town, when I enter in alone, I get someone, someone say, hey, pastor. I say, okay, fine. One time I was telling Tina, my goodness, if I lived a life of darkness, how will you hide? I've gone to places and, and sometimes with, I, I'll never forget this. Uh, one time we went to Brackenhurst. I think it was during December, Christmas. And then we drive up there. Tina and I, we said, let's go over this drive. Limuru, there is nice. I like that place. With the tea plantation and all that. So we drove up there. When we are parking, we see uh, uh, Brother Francis and his vehicle at the parking. Thought, oh, okay. They're here. So we went in. We stayed a little bit talking. And then we found Warren Priske with our family. They came right there. You see, that's why you have to live right. I remember I spent in a hotel in Kitale, and then I come out, uh, immediately I come out, I hear someone say, hey, pastor, how are you doing? I say, oh, you know me? Yeah, I know you, Pastor Davis. I say, I even don't know you. And, and he said, I know you, this is the reason. We live in Garden Estate. Uh, my, 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 my sister lives in Garden Estate, my brother lives in Garden Estate. Therefore, on Sundays when I'm in Nairobi, we visit your church. I just came out of Kitale. Mansolo from the hotel. <laughs> can, can you imagine that? that that's, that's, that really happened. We went, we went to Mombasa, I remember one time also. Going to, on a Sunday. Thought, you know, Filanga freeze, Mombasa, it's Sunday. You know, we watched online. And then I'm just at the supermarket on a Sunday. And then behind me, I hear this bra. Hey, pastor. I said, oh, what are you doing here on a Sunday? I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I remember that brother. What are you doing here on a Sunday? I said, hey, oh, Tina. Tina is behind there, actually. She's at the counter. She's, she's picking up some things. We came here for holiday, and we decided today we won't go to church, just rest in the hotel and all that. I said, oh, fine, good. I realize every place I go, there's someone who's familiar. I don't know them, but they know me. How do people who live a submarine life <laughs> live? I really, I, I don't understand that. I really don't understand that. Come out and start floating and walking on the land with us. Don't go into the submarine life, okay? All right now. Is it marine or submarine? 
submarine is actual that uh, what soldiers whatever it is for the ocean. Now look at this then. Let me finish with this. <clears throat> Never give place to the flesh. The flesh must die daily. Be crucified. You cannot say, I've walked with God for the last 30 years, I've been so much disciplined and I'm fine, I think I finally got crucified the flesh. You are falling. I no longer need to renew my mind. You are falling. You've, 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 you've just entered into a deception. Don't do that. Listen to this. We all have this flesh. I'm not perfect. Tina is not. None of us is. So you have to crucify the flesh over and over and over. Put it where it belongs. Amen. Don't take those opportunities. Oh, you know, he's my, my brother in the Lord. Yeah. We just hired a room. We pray both. Two of us. Two of us. We pray the whole night. You ever had that foolishness? Then you were born yesterday. But pastor, we were praying. Two of us. We didn't know the devil will tempt us. What? You are in his back pocket by going, just two of you. In the room. Don't get that foolish. Thank you, Martin. Don't get that foolish. You understand? You can't. That's not a prayer meeting. Pray in public. As you tell Tina, let's pray in public. We are quoting. I didn't have money for cafeteria, restaurant. So we are quoting. Pray in public. <laughs> I didn't have money. Let's go Romans 6, 1 and 4. And I'm winding up quickly. Romans 6, 1 to 4. Listen, this is the Passion Translation. Is that verse 6? So what can we do then? Church, what can we do? Do you persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What's the answer? Let's go to the next one. What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could you live under sin's rule a moment longer? I told you, try, go to the best, if they liked coffee, person be when they were alive, try going to that casket. When they are dead with a cup of coffee, smelling, brew it around there. To see if that person will wake up. As to be told of some people. You know people. Have, I won't say that. I think that will offend some people. But, but that, a dead man is a dead man. They won't wake up for a cup of coffee. But I used to, I, there's something I used to hear. That if you hear someone who loves money. And you want to make sure that they are dead. In their funeral. Drop some coins. If they don't wake up. They are dead. That's, that's the, that's the fact. In other words, a dead man does not respond to the natural. That's my point. A dead man does not respond to the natural. You want them to respond, they won't. So what are we supposed to do? Go back to verse 2, please. Uh, verse two. What a terrible thought. We have all, we have died to sin. Let's say it together. I have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Let's go verse 3. Or have you forgotten that all of us who are immersed into union with Christ through baptism, the anointed one who are immersed into union with his death, or immersed in, in union with his death? Let's go verse 4. 
Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we are co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we are also raised with him. We have co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Amen? So then, the last one I want to give is this. Learn this church and Tina and I keep growing and I keep growing in this. Faith and patience. Because God has told you something or shown you something, it does not mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. Anyone who's been there? You think like it's happening tomorrow, praise God. No, you wait. Listen this, he lives in eternity and not in time like you. So wait, this is my point. Wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. I remember clearly, clear as it can be, in 1996, in the month of July, the Lord told me this. I will show you heaven. Power of God hit me. And it's so, it's so, I had it. I thought it was going to be that same day. It's been 26 years. But one day, Tina, at some point, I thought it was, going, it was the time. Tina will tell me, honey, remember this. When you go, make sure you return. I say, I will, I will, honey. I will. When you go, you return. That has not happened 26 years. Do you know what? But I've seen so many things by the Spirit with my spiritual eyes concerning that heavenly realm. Hebrews 6, 11, 12. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And then he says this. That you do not become sluggish. Listen to this. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through Faith and patience inherit the promises. Don't become sluggish, but be what? Imitate those two through faith and patience inherit promises, the promises. Divine timing is very important. I, I wanted to give you a testimony regarding this, but I will not for the sake of time. Let me tell you something here for the last 25 years, or know I've mentioned here and there. That has really impacted me the most. The person that impacted me, the people that impacted me the most, was first as Dr. Jerry Saville, when I sat down in his meeting in 1997 and 1999. And then I went to his Bible school. Then through, the, through his meeting, I got to know Pastor Zwed and Carla, that forever we are grateful and thankful to God that they came into our lives. They have impacted us in every Many ways that we can say. Dr. Jerry Saville and then Pastor Zwed and Carl. And let me say something here. Tina says I've got so many books over the years. Yeah, I love reading books. And nowadays, I don't have to have... Now, I thought I had books until I met with Pastor Zwed and Carl. They have books. In fact, sometimes the future desire to have a, a library, call it... Uh, Pastor Suede and Carla Porters. Of their books, there are many. I, used, I thought I had books until I started knowing how many books they had. Nowadays, praise God, thank you God for Kindle. I have my books in here. I have them on my phone. Oh, is it we, we, we went to recent? Oh, no, who was it? Huh? Oh, oh to vote. We went to vote. And then I, there's a book I'm reading, bought on Kindle. So easy to buy these books. 
So I'm reading. So Tina is talking. I say, honey, I'm reading. Don't you have a book? Uh, la, 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 la. I say, <laughs> you need a book. Because <laughs> you see how she was talking out of observation. Of, you know, that. look at that queue. That's long. They're our names, you know. You know, we're in the same queue. And on and on and on. So I'm trying to concentrate on my final. I say, okay, honey, but you need a book. Carry a book. That's a lifestyle. Read books. Are you all looking at me? Like, Did you hear what I say? Read books. Buy them or read Kindle and all. Not Google News. There are people constantly on WhatsApp. I rather, I rather read books. I get edified by reading books. And then one of the main, I mean, the books that I'm forever grateful one of, that impacted me the most, I've read so many books. But how you can be led by the Holy Spirit by Kenneth Hege. How you can be led by the Holy Spirit by Kenneth Hege revolutionized my thinking about being spirit-led. And other books, I'm forever thankful for people like E.W. Kenyon. He went to be with the Lord, I think, 1947. But I have his books, all his books, actually. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So, church, I hope you've received something out of this. Did you learn some things about us? Amen. I'm so thankful to the Lord. I'm so grateful. I'm privileged to pastor you, and of course, Pastor Kale is in the U.S., but I'm here pastoring you. I'm so privileged. I don't take it as a, just something that I do, but I believe that it's the call of God. I know it, not just believing, and it's such a privilege for me to be able to pastor you and be a blessing to you, and let's continue believing God to grow over and over again. Take these principles, learn them, live by them, and you'll see fruit. And what is, this is, the, this is the big thing here. You'll have such a peaceful life. Amen. Stand up on your feet, please. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Brother Francis, if you can get ready for... Uh, altar call, but I want to pray. Would you just thank the Lord and give him glory? Thank you, Lord. Everything we are is because of him. Everything. He deserves the glory. He deserves all the praise. Just thank him. Thank him for your life. Thank him for what you've heard and, and areas that you've not been faithful Tell him, God, I need your strength and I, I want you to help me be faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I stand before your people and before you, my heavenly Father. But I knew it in 1996 I knew inside of me I was going to die but you helped me 
And because of your grace and your mercy, you open my eyes to see. To open my eyes to see the way. Jesus, your son. And call me into the ministry. Thank you, Father. I remember that day when you spoke to me. Father, I'm forever thankful and for everything that Tina and I have shared. Let it be clear in the hearts and minds of your people. Not for anyone to think we are greater than them or we are better than them. But because of the grace and the mercy that you have bestowed upon us. So to you, Master Jesus, we give glory and honor. I turn this all to you. And I thank you because you are the author and finish of our faith. And I thank you because you've said in your word, you begin a good work and you are faithful to complete it. So we commit ourselves, I commit myself to you, Tina and I commit ourselves to you. And Father, your people have heard the word and I commit them to you, Father. That at the end of this life, everything about us may be we did it to the glory and honor of you. That we don't seek to be men pleasers or to impress men, but always, Father, to look at you and to look at the price that you paid for us. So, Father, I strip myself of any kind of glory or praise and offer to you, the head of the church, Jesus. And thank you for qualities and character that you are building in us as the body. And fulfilling your will through us on this earth. I bless your people. I speak freedom. In the name of Jesus. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from every kind of addiction. I break your power. The spirit of addiction. I break your power in the name of Jesus. Lose God's people to serve the Almighty One. And you that have failed several times. We've all failed in different ways. But listen this. Rise up. Rise up. You stumbled. You fell. Rise up. There's mercy. There's grace. Don't look back. Now set your eyes on the earth and finish of your faith, Jesus. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Just look forward. He paid the price for you. So I release your mass and your grace, God, upon your people to remove them from condemnation of every kind and empower them, Father, to serve you. I bless them in the name of Jesus. And those who are not born again and never received Jesus, their Lord, I take authority over the God of this world who blinds the minds of those who do not believe. I bind in the name of Jesus. Lose God's property now. And I release the conviction of the Holy Spirit for salvation. Thank you, Father. I bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.